Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Welcome to episode 59 of Destination Disaster. I am your host, Devin Carney. This episode, we're going to stay within the realm of earthquakes and jump east to the catastrophic earthquakes that have recently struck in Afghanistan, more specifically in the western part of the country. This is the third time that earthquakes have struck this year. Is there an end in sight? Afghanistan is situated at the crossroads of several major tectonic plates, making it a seismically active region with complex geological dynamics. The primary tectonic plates and features in Afghanistan include the Eurasian Plate, this is in the northern part of Afghanistan, which is a major tectonic plate that spans from Europe to Asia. The collision boundary between the Eurasian Plate and the Indian Plate is a prominent feature in this region. The Indian Plate, which is in the southern and western part of Afghanistan, this ongoing collision of the Indian Plate with the Eurasian Plate is responsible for the formation of the Himalayan mountain range, including the Hindu Kush mountains that traverse through Afghanistan. The Hindu Kush range... The Hindu Kush is a prominent mountain range in Afghanistan and extends into neighboring countries. It forms a complex geological structure resulting from the collision between the Indian and Eurasian plates. This region is highly seismically active due to the ongoing convergence of these plates, resulting in frequent earthquakes. The next tectonic area is the Pamir Plateau, which is in the eastern part of Afghanistan. This is the area where the Eurasian plate meets the western extension of the Tibetan Plateau resulting in another seismically active region. The complex plate interactions in Afghanistan contribute to a wide variety of geological features, including fault lines, folds, and mountain ranges. Due to this, historic instances of earthquakes are plentiful and show an inability by both national and regional level governments to prepare its citizens for such events. Time after time, the citizens within these communities are forced to recover on their own without any assistance. The infrastructure in most regions of this country is lacking severely, and buildings are either made of older materials or materials that easily collapse due to shaking. Just last year, in June 2022, a violent earthquake was recorded in southeastern Afghanistan, located right on the border with Pakistan. The earthquake occurred in proximity to the North Warizistan Banu Thrust Fault Zone. From inferring NSAR data, the earthquake rupture process was complex, initiating along a primary northeast-southwest striking fault plane and triggering ruptures on three secondary fault planes branching outward. A maximum slip of 2 meters or 6 foot 7 inches occurred at 2 kilometers or 1.2 miles in depth, and the rupture was concentrated within a 10 kilometer or 6.2 mile by 8 kilometer or 5.0 mile area along the fault. 
The primary fault displayed strike-slip displacements, while three secondary structures displayed oblique thrust or strike-slip displacements. The rupture propagated northeast-southwest for 15 kilometers, or 9.3 miles from the epicenter. It produced surface ruptures with a maximum displacement of 78.4 centimeters, or 30.9 inches. The location and depth of the earthquake is the primary reason so many deaths, injuries, and structural damage was reported. During this one event, it is estimated that between 1,052 and 1,163 deaths, nearly 3,000 injuries occurred. In the immediate aftermath of the earthquake, those affected sought shelter outdoors as fears of continued aftershocks persisted. The Ministry of Disaster Management deployed aid and rescue personnel via helicopter. The Supreme Leader instructed the Ministry of Disaster Management and governors to rush to the affected area as soon as possible and ask the international community for humanitarian assistance. Hassan Akund, the acting Prime Minister of Afghanistan, said 1 billion Afghanis, or around $11.3 million, was allocated to the needs of the affected population. He also authorized transportation of relief items to the region. The Afghan Red Crescent Society brought blankets, tents, and kitchen sets for the affected residents. Many injured residents were airlifted via helicopters away from the devastated area. On June 22nd, the 203rd Mansouri Corps said it airlifted 100 people from Patika province to the provincial hospital. The Ministry of Defense said seven helicopters were flown to the affected area. Helicopters also delivered medical supplies and food to the region. This most recent series of earthquakes would continue to bring more damage to the area in a time when citizens don't need it and a time when they have yet to recover from the previous earthquake last year. Beginning on October 7th, a series of magnitude 6-plus earthquakes would strike near Herat, Afghanistan, at approximately 11.11 p.m. Afghanistan time, or 0641 UTC. The first magnitude 6.3 earthquake would strike with a magnitude 5.5 aftershock occurring roughly 10 minutes later. On the 11th of October, another 6.3 earthquake occurred within the same area, and another event of the same magnitude occurred on October 15th. While the United States Geological Survey estimated the fourth event, this also had a magnitude 6.3 earthquake. The United States Geological Survey said all four earthquakes were the result of shallow thrust faulting. The fault plane solution indicates a rupture source striking east to west with a north or south dip. According to seismologists, these earthquakes had epicenters between the Siakubulak Fault in the north and the Harat Fault in the south. According to satellite data from Sentinel-1A, an area measuring 30 kilometers or 19 miles by 15 kilometers or 9.3 miles and extending east to west around the location of these earthquakes was uplifted. Meanwhile, the satellite detected subsidians in the small area of the uplifted zone. The seismologists added that the ground deformation was diffuse and inferred the earthquakes were associated with a blind thrust fault. The fault responsible is likely a structure located between the Harat and Sia Kubulak faults. Starting with the October 7th earthquakes, Casualty estimates were nearly 1,500 deaths. The World Health Organization reports that 90% of those casualties were women and children. Estimates of those affected and needing critical, life-saving aid are disputed between both the World Health Organization and the Taliban. The World Health Organization reports that there were nearly 2,000 wounded, while the Taliban estimates 2,500. It is believed the discrepancies are due to victims being counted twice as there is not an effective casualty management system in place. The United Nations also estimated 27,150 people were affected 
and 114,000 people were in need of aid. Among the villages affected were Mahal Wadak, where 20 people died, Dasht Haus, Bahadzurai, and Zoryan. Telephone communication was also lost in this area. In addition to the destruction in Herat province, collapsed houses and injuries were also reported in the neighboring provinces of Bagdis and Farah. Structural damage was quite severe in the aftermath, with over 4,000 homes destroyed and over 20,000 experiencing some form of damage. Over 15 villages were destroyed following the first two earthquakes. Subsequently, the two earthquakes that occurred on October 11th and 15th resulted in three deaths and over 150 injuries. Due to the previous earthquakes, many were already sleeping outside due to destroyed and damaged structures. The governor's office in Harat said several neighboring districts that were badly affected by previous earthquakes had experienced huge losses following the 11th October shock. This earthquake destroyed all 700 houses in Chahak, a village undamaged by the previous earthquakes. The Harat-Torgundi Highway was also blocked by a landslide. and Harat, damage was limited, several minarets collapsed, parts of the rooftop of the Great Mosque of Harat fell, and scattered debris into the floor. The Herat Citadel was also damaged. The earthquake on October 15th caused four deaths, 160 injuries, and additional damage in the eastern districts of Herat City. Several villages were completely destroyed, and power outages occurred in most of Herat province. Hospitals were overrun, and hundreds fled to the provincial hospital in Herat, where the staff was quickly overwhelmed. A provincial health department official said over 200 bodies were transported to hospitals, and many of the dead were women and children. The main hospital of Herat prepared for the large inflow of victims by lining up beds outside. At Herat Hospital, a health worker said vans carrying bodies were arriving every minute. Many health workers at the hospital were overwhelmed at the number of injured and the morgue had been overrun. The Taliban governor's office in Kandahar said 10 teams, including 37 doctors and nurses, were sent to Herat province. Kandahar's public health director said the teams were also transporting two tons of medicine. Afghanistan lacks an effective government that can expertly manage such horrible disasters. While there is an emergency management agency, it seems to be very rudimentary and doesn't possess other functions such as preparedness, which would have helped its citizens most affected and at risk for these events. It is evident when seeing the government struggle to manage multiple earthquakes and the inability to prioritize tasks that you normally see with developed nations emergency management agencies. This agency only exists at the national level, and once you get to the regional and provincial levels, there is no support. Years of war, continuous environmental disasters such as droughts, and a reduction in foreign aid are to blame for the inability to effectively manage this disaster. This is why foreign aid is such a critical function when it comes to disaster response in these regions of the world. As I stated in the previous episode, where Morocco does benefit from some international aid, the government has sufficient understanding of disaster management to conduct an efficient disaster response. Afghanistan does not. The Associated Press reported on October 9th that three mobile health teams were expected to be in Zinda John district. Five medical tents designed to assist 80 patients were established by Doctors Without Borders at Herat Regional Hospital. Seven teams of the Afghanistan Red Crescent Society were involved in rescue efforts, while more teams were expected to arrive from eight other provinces. A spokesman for the organization said people made homeless were residing at a temporary shelter. The organization also provided tarps, water storage containers, kitchen appliances, blankets, and many other essentials. UNICEF distributed 10,000 hygiene kits, 5,000 family kits, 1,500 sets of winter clothes and blankets, 
1,000 tarps, and basic household items to the area. In times like these, it is crucial for us to come together as a global community to offer our support and solidarity to the people of Afghanistan. We must remember that compassion knows no borders, and the suffering of one is a concern for us all. This country will only continue to suffer further if more is not done to prepare the Afghani people for future earthquake events. This is where I believe a community-based approach to disaster management would be effective. Instead of having to rely on a national response model, this could be more of a regional-level undertaking simply due to the sheer size and geographic diversity of Afghanistan. Establishing a central hub and utilizing this area as the source for regional disaster aid could significantly lower response times and enhance proper aid dispersal to those affected. If necessary, other regions could donate their aid or request international support through the national level agency. While infrastructure remains a challenge in this part of the world, having a rudimentary response architecture could certainly kickstart other development initiatives such as running water, water treatment, electricity, and other key items that a developing country needs to survive. The resilience of the Afghan people, who have faced countless challenges over the years, is truly remarkable. Their strength in the face of adversity is an inspiration to us all. Together, we must work hand-in-hand -hand with local and international relief efforts to provide aid, shelter, and assistance to those who have been affected. I want to thank you all for listening to this episode. If you enjoyed it, please be sure to leave a like and share it with those around you. We are quickly approaching the end of this season, and the only thing that I want to say is thank you. Without all of you, there would be no show. I hope that you at least take away some nougats of information as you listen to this show. I'm sorry if throughout this episode that you've heard stomping on the floor. I think I have a neighbor who has a child that only has heels that they are able to walk on. Either way, I digress. My ultimate goal is to help you become a better prepared person and to bring awareness to disasters. Our next season is going to focus on a central theme, and this will be released on the Instagram prior to the new season launching. Until the next and final episode for the season, this has been Destination Disaster. It's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.